welcome to Anxiety and the Artist, the podcast that explores artist relationship with anxiety, offering insight and inspiration. I'm your host, Allison Chef. My guest today is Caitlin Kinnanen. Caitlin is a Tony-nominated actress for her work in The Prom on Broadway. Other Broadway credits include The Bridges of Madison County and Spring Awakening, as well as the first national tour of Next to Normal. On screen, she's been seen in The Intern, Younger, and Law and Order SVU. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. So let's just go all the way back and let's tell me a little it. bit about your background and uh, your background as an artist and your relationship with anxiety. Oh boy, what a question. Um, <laughs> well, I have been performing for forever. I started acting when I was three years old. Uh, my mom enrolled my sister and I in theater camps because she didn't want us to be afraid of public speaking. And I always joke that that really backfired because not only <laughs> did I become a professional actor for a living, but I'm still afraid of public speaking. So, you know, really, really worked out for my mom. Um, no, so I've been doing it forever. It started when I was three. I started, I did my first professional show in Seattle when I was 11. Um, and then I moved to New York when I was 16 to make my Broadway debut in Spring Awakening. And I stayed there after that show closed and just kept going. Um, but when I was 16 was really when my anxiety started. Um, and of course, like hindsight being 2020, it's like, well, yeah, that started then. You moved across the country with just your mom leaving your dad and sister in Washington and you like were on Broadway and you were 16. Like that no pressure. makes sense. No pressure <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time I experienced anxiety and then like identified it as anxiety. I had no idea what was happening to my body. I was like, I'm dying. It's like, no, Caitlin, you're having a panic attack. You're going to be okay. Um, but yeah, that's like a very, very brief explanation of how that happened. Okay. So can you <laughs> share? <laughs> um, so you're, you're there, you're in Spring Awakening. And and what happens? Do you do you have a panic attack on stage? Like what what happens? Yeah, you bet I have a panic attack on stage. It was super fun. Um, How did so, that work out for you? <laughs> really well, let me tell you. <laughs> um, no, it was interesting because for those of you who don't know about the original um, production of Spring Awakening, or you know don't know what happened, we had seating on stage, and when you weren't in a scene. Most of the time, you sat on the seating on stage and just like watched the show. It was wonderful until you started experiencing anxiety and were stuck on a Broadway stage with almost 2,000 people staring at you and then also sitting on stage with audience members just like burning in your own version of hell. Um <laughs> And being like, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm going to vomit. My heart is beating so quickly. Like, what is happening to me? And you are stuck on a Broadway stage. Um, so that's really where it, like, first started happening. And then it just kind of, like, melded into my life more often. Um, mm -hmm. But I didn't know what was happening. You know, I had, I had never experienced anxiety before. I didn't 
know that I was depressed. Um, in my like 16-year-old brain, I was like, I'm living my dream. I just moved to New York and I'm on Broadway. Like I should be the happiest person ever. And I have a really distinct memory of like when I went to my first psychiatry appointment because my mom was like, hey, we should get you some help. Like it's totally okay and totally cool, but like let's just see what's going on. The psychiatrist mm-hmm. flat out was like, well, you're depressed and have anxiety. And I was like, there's no way I'm depressed. I'm the happiest person ever. Like, I'm living my dreams. And she was like, totally, yes, but also depression. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a really, really interesting time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, right? Sounds fun. Uh, right. Um, can, can actually, can you talk a little bit about that? Can you talk just about sort of like the duality of like being, you know, living the dream, but then also like experiencing depression within the yes. living of the dream? Because I yeah. think that's something that that's really hard for a lot of people to understand. They think yeah. that when they get to Broadway, like their life will be made and really not the case. 99% yes. of the time. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> no, I think that's such a It took me so long to, I don't know what the right, like, phrase is, but, like, come to peace with my anxiety and depression. And one of the things that I've learned recently about it is that – or not learned recently, but really embraced recently – is that we contain multitudes and we are allowed to feel – many different things. And just because you're experiencing one feeling doesn't negate that you are also maybe experiencing another. You know, it's that Mm -hmm. age-old, like, happy, sad. Um, And so to be, like, in a position where I was on Broadway, which was a dream come true, and have to, like, figure out, like, okay, this is my dream come true. I am happy. I'm so glad to be here, but like my body is also processing things that I'm not consciously aware of and it is really taking its toll and then finding that peace to be like, no, I, I can I can have both. I can be happy and I can be struggling and or I can be struggling and I can still find joy in things. And that's really that's been a huge lesson for me recently and something that I've really embraced during the pandemic actually that it's like no feel your feels like really live through them don't try to like block these things out don't try to push them away because they only come back harder and stronger you know Mm -hmm. really say okay I'm gonna like feel this sad for a minute and see what happens and then I'm gonna get through it and I'm gonna come out on the other side and it's okay and then I'll like be fine for a little bit and if that sad comes back that's okay we'll we'll deal with it again Right. One of my favorite mottos is feel your feelings and then move on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's something that somebody told me when I was getting divorced. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> the most like ah, moment for yes. me. Like it was just like, oh, I'm allowed to be sad. Exactly. Okay. And now I'm going to move past that sadness. Yeah. I'm a, um, I, I'm a fan of the only way out is through. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Alanis. Um, <laughs> I can't hear that without thinking of Alanis. Um, so um, at the time, so back at back in, in your spring awakening days, what yes. support systems were in place for you? Not a lot, let me tell you. Um, I think 
there's still such a huge stigma around um, mental health. It's getting mm-hmm. better for sure. I think actually Instagram has helped that. Like there are a lot of hmm. resources out there and a lot of like pages that you can see and go to and like connect with people who are also dealing with this. But at the time in the good old year of 2008, um, there weren't a lot of options. Like I did not personally know or if, like, if I did personally know, they hadn't told me about it. They hadn't, like, shared their feelings with me, other people who were dealing with this. So I felt completely alone. Um, and it's so hard when that happens. But thank God I had my mom with me who is such an incredible human being. And she was so supportive and so um, good at advocating for me in a time of my life mm-hmm. where I didn't know how to advocate for myself. Um, so I had my mom and I had my family. Um, but that was kind of it. You know, I didn't really have that many friends having just like relocated and – I didn't feel like I could talk to people about it. And when I did talk to people about it, I felt like I got a lot of judgment from them. Um, Hmm. There's also, I think, I think it's getting better. But at the time, there was a huge stigma on Broadway that, no, we're fine. This is our living and we don't feel things. Um, (laughs) Which is just like, ha, 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 that's that's a crock of baloney. Um, Yeah. You know, and so there wasn't a lot of support from the company either for what I was going through, um, which I think is a shame. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, What do you think management and leadership could have done within, like, the professional setting to to be more supportive? Well, I think that they can listen. You know, I think listening is – so underrated and I think a lot of people are like oh yeah I'm a good listener and it's like are you though are you really non-judgmentally taking in what the other person is saying and processing it and not reacting but listening um so I think that's a good place to start excuse me um yeah listening is incredibly helpful and important and then also I think um I really think that Broadway companies and really every workplace should have a mental health professional, like, on standby, essentially. Yeah. Accessible. Yeah. Like, yeah. They should have a relationship with the company. Yeah. The same way you would have a relationship with a physical therapist. Exactly. You know, we on Broadway take care of our bodies so incredibly well. You know, physical therapy is always there. You can go in between shows. You can get an adjustment. Um, They take, like, medical leave for injuries so seriously. And yet, mental health is completely ignored. And I think if we treated mental health like physical health, it would be a lot better for everyone, you know? Like, if in between shows I could go and be like, hey, this has been a really hard day. How can I reset to make it through the second show? Or yeah. like, hey, I need a mental health day because I am about to break down. I'm going to take this show off. And yeah. like have that not be an issue. Because if someone is like, I sprained my ankle, you're like, oh my God, of course, go home. But if someone's right. like, I can't stop crying, 
They're like, right. just buck up. Get it together. Yeah. You know? And yep. I'm not saying that about everyone. I've had some really incredible, um, like, teams and companies that have done that and have been really supportive of, like, oh, my gosh, if you need this day, take it. You'll be okay. Come back. Um, but that's, like, one in a million. Coming up, Caitlin talks about the joy and the pressure of leading a Broadway show. So in 2018, you originated the role of Emma in The Prom, which earned you a Tony nomination. And how did you handle the pressure and anxiety of leading a show? (laughs) Um... Well, what a what a good question. I don't know. <laughs> um, it was a lot and a lot like that I didn't um I don't know. I feel like I was prepared for it, but not at all, you know, cuz I think it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're about to do this big show. You're one of the like leads. You get the final bow. It's a big huge deal. Prepares you for it, but then you actually do it and you're like oh, I'm, like, prepared for half of this. And then the other half, I'm, like, treading water, be like, oh, wait, what? Right. Um, and so I think it was, like, this balance of, like, really finding time to, like, self-care and, you know, make sure I was okay, but then, like, really, f- like, forcing myself to show up and do do good work. Um, right. And being there for other people. You know, I think, like, Broadway companies are something so magical and special. And so I made it a point to really connect with like everyone in the cast. And like a huge ritual for me is like before shows at the half hour call, I'm, I've gotten there early. I've done everything. I'm in costume. I'm ready to go. And then at half hour, I go around and like check in with everyone. Like the simple act of checking in with people and saying hello goes Mm -hmm. such a long way. And I think, you know, sometimes that's needed. To be like, hello, I see you before we're on stage together. Let's go do this. Right. And that goes both ways that like you are checking in on them, but it's also an opportunity for you to be like, hey, you know what? I'm having a crappy day. So like if you notice anything different, like it's not personal. It's just like that's where I am today and it's okay. Let's go do this show. Right. Right. Um. So for those of you who don't are familiar with the plot of the prom, it surrounds a girl in Indiana who um, can't is told she can't take her girlfriend to the prom. Mm -hmm. Um, It's loosely based on a true story. Um, So that kind of did that experience sort of thrust you into an LGBTQ leadership position. And, and what was that like? If that, if that was the case? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was really interesting and kind of like a real journey for me personally with it because so when I started the show, it was like definitely like putting myself in a like very um, seen position of allyship of like, okay, I'm representing this girl who is a lesbian who's struggling and just trying to live her life Um, and a lot of people relate to it. You know, mm-hmm. the amount of DMs I get on Instagram being like, the prom changed my life, Emma saved me, um, is insane. And so I felt an incredible responsibility to 
do my best to portray her honestly and authentically so that I didn't let the LGBTQ plus community down. And that's, I took that so seriously and it was so important to me. And then like a few months into the Broadway run of the show, because I'd been working on it for almost five years um, by the time we closed. So I'd been working on it for a fair amount of time before we opened on Broadway. And then, and I had always identified as a straight ally. And then a few months into the Broadway run, I was like, actually, you know what? I'm bi. Who would have thunk it? Um, <laughs> and I came out in an interview and that kind of like upped the, I don't know. The stakes. The, the stakes, yeah. <laughs> and so stakes. like, yeah, not only now was I like representing this role by playing this lesbian, it was like, oh, now I am part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so, like, I really got to step up my game and be there and be supportive and show up and, like, encourage people to tell their stories and be honest with themselves and with others. I don't know if any of that made sense, but I, no, I took totally. it very seriously and it was really hard, but 100% worth it. Yes, yes. What was the... What, did you experience um, any any sort of like anxiety or per, or pressure surrounding that? Oddly, no. Um, that was one of the okay. places where I felt really secure, and that huh. is it's it's so um, it's very privileged of me because, and I acknowledge that, and um, it's it's so weird because like especially when I came out, everyone was like, "Oh my god, you're so brave!" Like. Thank you for telling your story and all of those wonderful things that I really appreciated. But at the same time, it was like, I'm a cis presenting white woman who has a family and a job who support me unconditionally. Like there was no fear or anxiety in me coming out because I knew I would be okay. Mm -hmm. And not everyone gets that experience. You know, coming out is right. really difficult for a lot of people and a lot of people are then put in unsafe positions and so I don't know I just felt it felt almost like I like I felt guilty coming out because I knew I would be okay and I just mm. felt like so many people don't get this experience and that is devastating to me right right um so we are in the midst of a quarantine. Yes, we are. <laughs> never ending quarantine. <laughs> Just keeps going. It's it's now we're recording this in February of 2021. So, what has <laughs> it's been a, almost a year now. What has Ooh. COVID taught you about being an artist? Oh, wow. Don't take things for granted. You know, enjoy every moment of what you are doing in this industry. Um we get to we're really lucky and we get to do what we love for a living um we get to play pretend and tell stories and like sometimes we're lucky enough to tell stories that matter and make an impact on people's lives and that's huge um and so it's really been a lesson to me of like just embrace everything that life throws your way the good the bad process it and turn it into something keep telling stories even though we don't have stages to tell them on right now you can still show up and be creative in so many more ways than you think you're capable of um yeah i think it's just taught me that there's so much more in all of us than we ever thought there was 
Absolutely. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, <laughs> what tools have you found helpful in mitigating your own anxiety? Ooh, many things. It's very trial and error. Um, okay, do share. I always, I always like <laughs> prefacing this with like, this is different for everyone. And what works for me might not work for you. And that is okay. It does not mean you are broken. It just means that it doesn't work for you. And you will find something that does. You just have to keep exploring and trying things. Um, but for me, first and foremost, medication. Medication is incredibly important. And I think a lot of people are a little afraid of it. Um, and a lot of people have feelings of like, well, if I take the medication, I'm broken and I'll never be able to fix myself. That is not true. I like to think of medication as a gentle crutch that helps you along the way until you can really like land on your feet. Um, I feel mm -hmm. like that's 17 metaphors in one, but you get the idea. <laughs> um, so medication for me is huge and like finding the right combination of things. You know, the first thing your doctor puts you on is not necessarily going to be the one that works. Again, keep trying, keep trying to find the one that does work for you. Um, I am on an antidepressant. I take anti-anxiety medication when my anxiety is really bad. And then when I perform, I also take beta blockers, um, which are a godsend for me. Um, they make it so I can actually, you know, do the show, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, my job. It's important. Um, but then right, on top right. of that, some non-medication related things are meditation, um, like not talking like a 20-minute sit with just your mind, but like I use Headspace and I do like five to ten minutes and I just do like a quick little body scan of checking where I'm at and it's really helpful. And then also a bunch of different breathing techniques. I think breath is the first thing to go when you experience anxiety, at least for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so reconnecting with my breath and really like stabilizing the air intake that I have is incredibly important and like a big quick fix for me of just like, just breathe, just focus on your breathing, take some big deep breaths, you're going to be okay. Um, so yeah, meditation, breathing exercises. I also have the trick of um, naming your anxiety and creating like a little anxiety monster that you actually like talk to. Um, okay. So it's like, okay, I'm feeling anxious. I'm like, okay, anxiety, I'm going to name you Martha today. Hey, Martha, yeah. how you doing? You're here with me. I see that. I see that we're hanging out. But like, let's try to be friends today, you know? Like, let's just chill together. Let's, you know, go on this ride and it'll be fine. I'll check in with you in a little bit, Martha, but like just want to say hey, you know, and it sounds so stupid, but actually like giving it a silly name and placing mm -hmm. it outside of yourself to have this like stupid fake conversation with it is so helpful. <laughs> you are not the first person to tell me that. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that is a very common technique. Yes. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, those are my like those are my three um like major non-medication fixes. Fantastic. What advice do you have to other artists who might be struggling with anxiety? Ooh, okay. Keep going. First of all, that's like my that's my advice to like everyone just generally. Keep going. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. It doesn't matter how small the steps you're taking are as long as you keep taking steps. And if you accidentally take some steps backwards, 
that's totally okay. Healing is not linear. You know, it's like a roller coaster mm-hmm. of up and downs, but you have to keep moving forward. Um, and then also talk to people. Be honest about your feelings and what you're going through because the more you communicate, the more you get it out of yourself and it's so helpful. You know, just just talk about it. Let's break down that stigma. Let's make it normal. Let's really just embrace your whole self and say like, hey, this is part of who I am and it's not a big deal. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to add? Be kind to yourself. It's, you know, the world is a really hard place for so many reasons, especially right now as we go through this pandemic and like try to figure out our places. Just, just treat yourself gently. Um, I myself am so hard on myself and it's something that I struggle with and need to, um, work on is just like cutting myself some slack. You Mm -hmm. know, we all are on different journeys and we all are taking our own time and that's okay. You know, another like wonderful quote I'll give you is comparison is the thief of joy. You know, Mm. don't Mm. compare yourself to others. You are your own individual unique you and that is what makes you special. So embrace it. Give yourself time and grace and just all of the hugs. Give yourself hugs. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your story and your wisdom and insight. It's so appreciated. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks to my guest, Caitlin Kinnanen. For more information on some of the topics we discussed, head on over to our website, anxietyandtheartist.com. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and share. Until next time, be healthy and stay creative. Anxiety and the Artist is produced by Grasta Productions and recorded at Homestead Studios. Music and engineering is by Bosco Chef. This podcast represents the opinions of Allison Chef and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.